Good morning. Welcome to Secret to My Success. My name is Alan Bornstein, and I'm here with... Luis Alasea. Good morning, everyone. Happy to be here once again in this beautiful, beautiful morning. So we are here to talk to business owners about their journey, their venture, how they went from being employed by somebody to being self-employed. Luis brought some amazing guests in here that have played professional sports, football, baseball. Football, baseball, uh, basketball, and uh, golf. We've had some wonderful people, and this is about learning their secret to their success to help you grow your business. Thanks for being here with us this morning. We're so glad you could be here. If you have an interesting story, if you know somebody, that you think we should be talking to, we'd like to hear from you. You can reach me, Alan, 561-953-2007 at extension 101. Once again, my name is Alan. Secret to my success, 561-953-2007, extension 101. Please call us. We would love to hear from you. Thank you. Good morning. Welcome to Secret to my success. On this lovely Saturday morning, Dawn. Good morning. George. Good morning. Louis. Louis, wake up. Good morning, man. Good morning. How are you? <laughs> Louis, I agree with you. Fake it till you make it. Thank you, sir. Thanks for being here with us. I heard that before. I'm sure. Anyway, <laughs> Louis. Yes, sir. We have a very special guest that you dragged in here kicking and screaming, swearing she would never do this. And here she is. Sarah Martin. Hello, how are you? Thanks for having me. Sarah, Sarah. Sada, you got to say it right, Louis. Sada. <laughs> Listen, it's a, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Um, get a chance to know Sarah and been around her for quite some time. And she's a, you know, it reminded me, it brought me back uh, a couple of weeks ago when we were doing an interview. And uh, there was a lady that, she had a, a business called You Can't Be Rich Without Becoming a Bitch. Not that you're a bitch. I really like you. I just know that you're a very strong woman, and that's why I brought you on the show. So tell us about what you're doing. Yeah, so I'm in the events production uh, industry, and we have a company called Experience Epic. Um, we actually met Luis through events and um, past work, which was, which was a lot of fun. And I got to know his wife really well there, too. And she is now my best friend. So a um, lot of benefits came from that. But we, um, we produce events nationwide for a variety of brands, um, including cigar brands, car brands, insurance, you name it. And that can be small, big, large, it doesn't matter. Sarah, how did you get into this? How did you start this business? I fell into this. Well, I started this business because I was already in events for probably like 15 years. So you were working for other people. Mm -hmm. And I they were pushing you around, letting you know well they wanted it their way, right? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, except I started off as an unpaid intern and I worked my way up to executive director uh, in a short span of time. But um, it was a governmental-based agency. So I was beholden to 27 different human beings. So it was a lot of push and pull. So I decided to jump off the cliff, start my own company, because I figured if I put 80%, just 80% of the work I was putting in for somebody else, that I would definitely be successful. So now you're beholden to every one of your customers instead of 27. No. <laughs> right? Now everybody, <laughs> you have to I use the word beholden, to. though. But you like, did use the word beholden, so let's well, use Well, I was beholden to the, the past job. Okay. But, but right. now I have the opportunity to, to explore and bring to life my clients' visions. And it's just, it's just such an amazing experience. 
What I find is most people, when we all start out, we try and be everything to everybody. Oh, I did that. <laughs> we want every job we can get. We want yeah. everything we can possibly get. Yeah. And I find that you haven't reached a level of success until you could tell the first one, yeah, I'm not the right fit for you. You should yeah. go somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, when we first started off, we did PR, we did marketing, we did ad buys, we did events. I mean, we were like a full full-blown agency and when I really whittled it down I said you know what is our passion what are we like really show amazing results every single time without fail and that was events and and so we just ran with it once we cut out all the slack and to that to that regard Sarah um, you actually have a large network here in southern Florida I and do. so I wanted to talk about your marketing uh, because online um, I did some uh, snooping around. Oh no! And uh, <laughs> it's called cyber stalking. I, <laughs> cyber stalking. Sorry. Um, I saw that you don't call it you. You specifically refer to it as not traditional marketing. That you do experimental marketing. Experiential. Marketing. Experiential. Kind marketing. of a big difference there, George. Yeah, one hundred percent. I can't read. Um, but <laughs> I wanted. Uh, I wanted to ask you about that. What is? Uh, Experiential, what is experiential. Experiential. experiential marketing? Experiential. So traditional marketing you would see is advertisements um, on billboards, TVs, magazines, radio, you know, that kind of advertisement. Um, experiential marketing is where a, a, a potential customer can actually experience, feel, touch, um, and really get to know your brand through a specific experience. Um, we actually did an event called Dinner in the Sky, which is where we dangled people from a crane while they dined in the sky. It was pretty oh, spectacular. That is awesome. But one of our partners, which was this, it was all a marketing stunt. So one of, one of our partners was uh, Lamborghini. And the reason why we partnered with Lamborghini was because we were able to identify that their client was exclusive, wanted a one-of-a-kind thrilling experience. Um, and, and so with that, we were able to craft this experience that met with the the ideals of their brand and their customer. And so we actually did sell a Lambo that night, which was hysterical because I learned a hard lesson that you write into the contract that you get a percentage of anything sold because oh, <laughs> we yeah. got uh. nothing on that one. But but I still get the bragging rights of it and learned my lesson the hard way. But, um, but yeah, th by identifying that, that's what opened you up to the clients that you would like to have, your ideal clients. So when this couple's dangling in the middle of the sky by a crane or some other methodology in which you're feeding them and they yeah. say, excuse me, Where's the bathroom? the bathroom? Exactly. Yeah, this, what do you tell this, them? this is the same question everybody gives. So there, we did. You get a long hold. You get a long hold. Got a long you hold. Yeah, you, we did four four seatings, and so you give like a fifteen minute like roundup to you know, hey, you're gonna go up, and and traditionally nobody ever has to come down, but if they did, it only takes like two minutes to come down, so it's not that long. They just have a sign underneath. Ladder bus. Yeah. The thing, well, that and the forks, because you're up so high, you're 180 feet in the air. So you're 18 stories tall. So when you drop a fork, it's, a it's going at like <laughs> maximum velocity, I think. And so it's, it's, you know, you have to clear a specific distance around it as well. Sir, I got to ask you, was this your idea? Actually, it wasn't. It was, it's, they have them around the world, but we were, it's only been lifted three times in the U.S. and we were the third time. And uh, it was the last time it was lifted. And it is in my, like, goals to do it again. So anyone out there, if you're looking to do something really, <laughs> really epic, let me know. So I, I have to ask you a question. How much does something like that cost? To put on that event, what does it cost to get 
eight people in the air eating dinner. Well, it's 22. It's, it's 22, 22 people. people. Um, uh, I mean, it's we did it for like next to nothing because I was really good at negotiating sponsorships. So we did it for like I think 125,000 for 80, 88 people plus two extra lifts. So what, what's that? 44 plus 88? I need a calculator. <laughs> George? George, you sure? 126. No. 88 plus 44. 44 that's yeah. 132. Something like that. So, so, so let me yeah. ask you, did you feed them Kentucky Fried Chicken? Oh, bucket? no, no, what no. What did no. you feed them when they were up in the oh, air? Oh, so they went up, they had, they went up like 20 feet in the air and they had a champagne toast and then they went the rest of the distance. And um, we fed them sushi on one lift. I mean, you got to pick what kind of food you wanted for each lift. So one was sushi, another one was um, like steak and, you know, Wagyu beef and all that, um, and we alternated back and forth between those two menus. So yeah. So we do payroll for a whole lot of different not-for-profits. Uh huh. I would imagine that if we introduce you to some of those organizations and you were doing that as a fundraiser, oh yeah, that could raise a yeah. ton of money. It really can. And one of the ways to do it too is not to give all my secrets is to program it so that it's not the same every time. So, you know, you could have a famous chef on board or you could have, like, some kind of star that's showcasing their alcohol. I don't know. Like, you can come up with all oh, kinds of Oh, I got some things. really good connections oh, for showcasing you. showcasing their alcohol. Wait, no. somebody has some alcohol they want to talk The Rock, right? He's got a new skin. Oh, that's right. The Rock. See? Yeah. He'd be great on there. And he just came out with a movie, I think. Yeah, the yeah. Jungle. With, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He took out Red Tape, right? That yeah. one that's here to Netflix? With Ryan uh, Oh, that was really good, actually. It I just watched really that. <laughs> <laughs> just watched that. But yeah, so and we do we do a lot of different things too in the private m market as well. So that's weddings, bar bat mitzvahs, like all the events that you cry at. Um, but they're not my personal forte. I have people on my team, and that's their that's their niche, and that's what their passion is for. So we've definitely identified the different areas and positioned someone on our staff that is just insanely passionate for whichever type of event and, it is and sarah you can travel to any destination you yeah. can go to any city and set it up and do all that right yes so we've we've done work in california new york louisiana north carolina south carolina florida key west next year and hopefully tulum tulum is on the books it's but i gotta i'm working out some details sarah how many people do you have working for you now i have seven Excellent. Yes. So I'm going to ask you the craziest questions. What's the worst event you ever put on, and why did you want to make believe that never happened? That's a good question. Come on, just spit it out. It I mean, it was <laughs> it was an event that I, I I like to I like to do events that have integrity, and this was an event that I think was um, I didn't realize it at the time, but it was a fundraising event and. Partway through, I realized that it was a self-funded fundraising event. Does that make sense? So the person who hired me to throw this, what looked like a fundraising event, essentially she was the one funding the entire thing under the guise that it was a fundraising event. So soon thereafter, once we produced the event um, and I, it came, became clear what was happening, uh, we chose not to work with them anymore. There's something about the having a little bit of integrity. Hitting in the skies. I, I've been to several of your events, and they're pretty big. But uh, which one do you think is your top? Oh, my top. 
tough event. That's so hard. There's so many. I mean, and I've done a lot of good ones. I've I know. Years, I mean, so. we've we've landed Santa in a helicopter for a tree lighting right in the middle of a downtown, which is pretty epic. It had about forty thousand people. I've shot fireworks off of barges out in the ocean, you know, for one hundred twenty. I like the one people. that you had the Hublot girls. Oh, the Hublot girls with team body team. <laughs> That's the one I like the most. Yes. Yeah. That was at the Boca Museum. Ice ball. That was pretty awesome. Are you doing the golf ball drops over the uh, for Louis and his? I have not done that. No, I've not done that. But but I've seen it. I've definitely seen it. I loved helicopters. I loved cranes. We for New Year's we dropped a car, uh, like as the ball drop, and then we gave it away at the end. You didn't really just drop it. It's no, you lower it down. You You know, like New York with the big ball. You know, you lower it down. So we did that. We've shot, you know, ping pong balls as part of the ball drop over over the crowd. Um, but I, you know, God, it's just too hot. I mean, every event has to have something that just, like, really gets me excited. Um, so, it, I don't know. I so what gets all. you excited, Sarah? What gets me excited? Oh, man. Talking about your husband. Oh, yes. Other than my husband. Thank you, Louie, for clarifying yes, that. Yes, yes. Um, I love the sale. I love making the sale <laughs> because the thi- and I love bringing that sale to life. So I I love going in, meeting with someone, understanding their needs, and then turning around and right there in front of them, crafting out a whole bunch of ideas, um, and bringing that to life. I mean that that really is that really is what's the most exciting. Sarah, let me ask you. COVID must have taken a huge bite out of your business. Oh, yes. It's hard to do something creative over zoom yes how'd you get through it um i prayed a lot (laughs) we all prayed a lot i prayed a lot i redesigned my kitchen uh i started running again you know um i quit drinking alcohol i kept myself busy but our business completely shut down it was like 95 percent loss and we didn't get any pvp PPE P. or whatever. PPP. What a, yeah, PPP. This is my extra and ERC. Yeah, any of that. Nothing. We didn't get any of that. It was just like, and, I, you know, I did. I, I grieved my business. I thought it was really gone, but I have to say, coming back, it's like, that. Do, what, what's that saying? That which doesn't kill you makes, makes you stronger or whatever. Right. Our business has just come back so much bigger and better. Our systems, we took time to, like, really master our internal systems so that we can communicate. Like, all the unsexy, fun stuff, but we dug deep and did it and it, it's just it's unbelievable that's the so difference. incredible yeah congratulations i know it was it was tough the COVID <sighs> came in all of us were just sitting around saying what are we gonna do i know what i know and it was funny because at first you're like oh the first two weeks you're like oh it's okay we'll just jump back on and then my first client we can't move forward my second client we can't move forward one of my biggest clients we can't move forward and i was like oh my god <laughs> what are we gonna do <laughs> but like i said I just focused on what I could focus on, and, and we kept moving. Congratulations. Thank I'm you. I'm glad you made it through. I am, too. I am, too. I'm so too. next 24 months, what are your goals? What, are your, what, what do you want to achieve? Um, we oh, we lost Louie. Um, my big goals. This year, uh, I, you know, it's a funny question you ask that, because every year I actually put however many goals – to however many years old I am. And I'm 41 now. So technically, I should be 41, like have 41 goals. And I just realized that 
that kind of goal setting really set me off to just be about checking the box and not about living in the present. And so I started removing things. So I removed a lot of the goals and focused on the big stuff. And in doing that, it's it's like that saying, slow down to speed up. Right. right. Less is more sometimes. I mean, it just, it changed yeah. the game. It changed my my health, my my mm-hmm. mental health, my my relationships. I mean, it really did change it. So, S- <coughs> Sarah, I wanted to talk about that, actually. Okay. So, uh, through my cyber stalking. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know who designed your website, but online, you are described as a firecracker. Yes. And uh, as a fierce Leo mom and wife. Yes. So how do you bring your own personal energy into the business? And how do your clients feel about that? Well, some, some it's not a good fit. Some are a little scared, trepidatious. They're not ready for that big wow factor or that like stepping out of the box for an event. They want the, you know, chicken and cheesecake, as I call it, like your basic <laughs> <laughs> event, which is not necessarily our gig. Um, but I think, you know, I'm a serial optimist. I can always find a way to make something happen through our resourcefulness, resourcefulness. And I think that fierceness, I, it's funny because I become really, really protective of my clients. Mm. So, you know, when it comes to dealing with a vendor or dealing with, you know, something that didn't go right, let's say, or, or I don't know, I just become really, really protective of them just like I do my kids, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah, and that's, I think that explains it, right? Yeah, that no, it? Fiercely a mom and wife, yeah. And firecracker, like, I always come with, like, crazy energy. I really have to that's meditate to, like, calm it down for people sometimes. But, but, um, but yeah, it's definitely. Sarah. Definitely have a lot of fun. They have the old saying, go big or go home. Oh, Lord. And yeah. I, I've got to tell you, so I went through this. I had a business partner, and our marketing strategy was, taking a dollar bill and throwing it out the window of the car as we drove every three miles. And I was explaining to him, nobody's going to notice us. We should call the media and let them know we're throwing $1,000 every 500 miles, but they'll follow us 500 miles to see the $1,000 go out. Yeah. So I think a lot of small businesses make the mistake of trying to be so pure to the penny pinching that they don't get the benefit of all the things that some nice event, some sort of quality uh, promotion could be. Yeah. Tell me your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think, I think too, it's all about delegating. So a lot of people, that's one big mistake that I've made in business over the years is like, oh, I need a law degree. Okay, let me go online and <laughs> figure out this document, <laughs> you know? And so you sometimes have to leave that, those decisions to a company that trusts, that you can trust, that will make that uh, big jump for you following your bit company values. But um, it is, it's hard, it's hard for the people though to let go of those reins and say, I trust you to represent me well. And um, all of our clients though, they've been with us. I've been in, see, I've had experience Epic nine years now. So, or almost 10. Anyway, they, they, um, they've, every client that's come to us is still a client with us now, which that's is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. They love us. They love us, you know. It's fun. So we're gonna have to wrap this up, Louie, Any parting how words? Did, how for can they get a hold of you? Oh well, they can get a hold of me. Um, info at experienceepic.com, 
and our website experienceepic.com is up as well and uh that's yeah that's the best way give somebody some free advice anybody thinking about promoting their business give them something real quick besides calling you because they should call you well aside from i okay i had a thought and then you said for your business and i think in a way it is for your business but one thing that changed the game for me as well is change your words that you speak internally and externally so say things as though they're already done so it's like you know i need to go to the grocery store i went to the grocery store when i went to the grocery store yeah i mean it is like it's magic some of the things that have happened in my life is all because i just changed how i spoke about it so if you have a vision you declare it done rather than hoping that it gets done yeah well it's the same thing where it's just like i have to go to work you change it to like i get to go to work yes yes and but it's but it's also it's it's called nlp and it's actually a really interesting study neuro-linguistic patterns and and i have to say that you know that oh thank you that in my business um it really helped me step outside of what i thought i could actually achieve so for your business i would say talk about it like it's already done i love that yeah Sarah, thank you for being with us. We've appreciated, enjoyed. Thank you for coming back thank and hanging you. out with us. Thank you. I'm sure we'll bring you back. I would love to. I would love to. Anytime. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. That was awesome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You got it. When it comes to health coverage, you want solid value from a trustworthy company you can rely on. Florida Blue offers Medicare Advantage plans that can help you get more out of your health coverage. And don't you want more? Call Apple Insurance, your local agency for Florida Blue, at 888-MY-BLUE-8 to have all your Medicare questions answered and learn about different options. Don't settle for less than the value and stability Florida Blue has delivered throughout the state of Florida to Medicare beneficiaries for more than 25 years. Value, security, knowledge, and trust. Blue Medicare from Florida Blue means more. Call Apple Insurance at 888-MY-BLUE-8 today to speak to a licensed agent about your Medicare Advantage options. That's 888-MY-BLUE-8. Apple Insurance and Florida Blue. Call 888-MY-BLUE-8 today. Florida Blue is an independent license of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association. My name is Tom Reed, and I am the managing general partner at WGP Insurance Services in Lake Worth, Florida. What I do is help you as a business owner have the proper protection for your business at a competitive price. We will take time to review your business plan. We will definitely listen to your concerns. We want to help you grow. There's only two things that will happen by letting Tom review your policy. One, he's going to tell you that you have perfect coverage. Or two, he's going to save you lots of money and get you the correct coverage that you need. Give Tom a call. Please call me at 561-953-2007, extension 105. I'd love to hear from you. Good morning, this is Alan, Secret to My Success. Thank you for all being here. I'm here with the lovely Dawn. Good morning, Alan. Good morning, Dawn. How are you? I'm fantastic. I bet you're incredible. <laughs> we have a wonderful guest today, and just you and I. Louis blew us off. Uh, Louis needed a break. Louis blew us off. 
I think he's playing fantasy baseball. <laughs> so we have with us one of the co-owners of Boyne Beach Drywall, Lupe. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. We have some really cool things to talk about today in your business. Drywall. Okay. Now that's awesome. got to be sexy and exciting, talking drywall all day long, isn't it? <laughs> Depends on who you're talking to. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Uh, somebody that does it 24-7 and then 45 years. <laughs> you, 45 I can tell you some years. stories. Oh, we want to yes. hear these stories. 45 years you've been doing drywall? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you do new, new construction, uh, renovations, everything? Everything. You name it, we do it. You say we. What's we? Yeah. Have a mouse in your pocket? No. Who? You and who? Me, my husband, and my crew. I have people working for me, under me, my assistant, Denise. I mean, without these people, I could not do it. Okay. So they're the backbone. So you work with your husband? Yes, I work with my husband, Tony. We started this business in 77. Okay, so who is the boss and who thinks they're the boss? I am the boss. The boss. Alan, don't even ask that question. You are the boss. I am the boss. I am the boss. I'm the owner. <laughs> you are the owner. Yes, I am. So when you put your foot down, yes. Tony says... Tony says... Whatever uh, you want. Nothing. <laughs> right? He says, yes. Okay, I'll get it done, honey. That's what he says, right? <laughs> so, yes. so have you ever turned business situations into, Tony, you don't understand. I'm going to make your life miserable when we get home. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. That's me telling Tony that? Yes. You have? Yes. You've brought this stuff home. Tony's got a heart of gold, Alan, and he will do something for for free if I let him. Okay. Uh, do you know what I mean? Like, he's, he pretends like he's a tough cookie, and he's not. He's got a heart of gold. Well, that's good. <laughs> I'm the tough cookie. I don't think you're a tough cookie. Right, so if somebody yeah. needs a little, you know, he feels bad for family or something has happened, he's like one to say, oh, let me, let me take care of it for you or let me discount it for you. Yeah, that's, that's Tony. That's Tony. He'll go, he'll go and like he's already at the job and he'll go like, oh, you know what, we could, why don't you do it this way? And then, you know, we'll take care of it. We'll take care of it. And that's what he does. And I'm going like, but the guys are charging us extra, Tony. He goes like, um, yeah, but we, it's okay. We're already here. Okay. You know, and and it's good business. It is good business because if you are already there, yes. But sometimes he gets carried away. <laughs> and and then you remind him of what the couch looks like, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> go sleep on. Oh, go sleep in one of the other bedrooms. <laughs> now that's yes. not a surprise that a woman would ever do that, Lupe. I don't believe you actually do that. No, no, no I don't do that. You're way too. I nice. don't. I don't tell him to go sleep in it because. He wouldn't do it anyway, so I may be the boss, but he won't go sleep in another okay. room. <laughs> okay, so as long as we've laid out the groundwork as to how this actually works, how has the supply shortage affected your business? The supply shortage, oh, my gosh. We got warned because we've been in business for 45 years, so we got warned about it maybe in the beginning of 21 that it was going to be affecting us because of the drywall and the metal for the framing. We have so many suppliers that if one doesn't have it, the other one. So it affected us, but it didn't affect us that bad. Okay. What affected us was the price increase. It's mm. gone. It's outrageous. It's very hard to now, I mean, to build a home. The prices have gone up 
so much that you can't afford to build. That's probably going to affect us down the line because we have contracts for the last year or so that are just coming up now. But I know that people that didn't have contracts before this, it's going to affect them because the prices have changed dramatically. So how does that work? You bid a job six months ago. It's coming up and prices are totally different now than they were six months ago. What we did was we knew the contracts that we had and we talked to our contractors and said the prices are going to go up in January of 2022. Either they lock in our prices, sometimes the supplier locks in our prices, but this year they couldn't. So what they said was you can pay for them ahead of time and then we'll hold the prices at this price. That's what we had to do for a lot of our customers and a lot of our clients. So it which turned out really good because they got their prices, their old prices at the prices that were then. Now it's it's gone up since January. The prices are only good for two months, and then they go up again or they'll go down again. Yeah, we were lucky. We were lucky, Alan. We were lucky that the supply company, we've had a relationship for a lot of years with all of them, and that's the only way we got. And then our customers, they paid ahead of time for material. So we paid their materials ahead of time. They, they got their materials. The only thing is, in January, they had to make room for their materials because the supply company was not going to hold their materials. They were going to hold it till the end of January, and then that was it. So they had to take. So if you're not ready to do your job, you're going to have to get the materials out. Ordering this stuff ahead of time, do they make you take delivery, or they hold on to it and just lock in the prices, and you're going to get the same materials later on? You have to take the material, but they'll give you, they'll give you like they gave us a couple of months. They were really good about it. Okay. Like, if we paid them in December or November, they said you have till January, the end of January, to pull the materials out. So if there was any kind of damage or anything or anything happens on the job site and you needed more material, you're kind of screwed, right? I mean, that's a bad yeah. position to be in. Yeah. That's not good. Then you have to pay the price that you that it, it could be that it the price went down. You know what I mean? But you just you, don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's. Some of the stuff has gone down, but the plywood and the lumber, oh my gosh, for one one sheet of plywood went up to $120. Wow. That's yeah. crazy. And what crazy. was the normal price for one? I think the normal price depends on what it was. It can range anywhere from $30 to $40. $30 to $40. That's crazy. I, I hear you cheating in the background. You have somebody over there kind of <laughs> yeah. guiding you through this. What's She's the got a helper. She's my assistant. It, this that's is awesome. Is that Denise? Hi, Denise. <laughs> she says we're a package deal. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. She's the one that deals with the supply company. She's the one that deals, with, so she knows the prices right offhand. Okay. I have to look at a paper, Alan. <laughs> How has labor shortages affected you? Oh, my gosh. Now, that. That is, um, that's affected us because nobody wants to work. <laughs> I just, uh, it's, well, a lot of people got sick. Do you know what I mean? And, right. and some of them were afraid to come on the job side because it wasn't like, the house was by themselves. You know what I mean? Like, there's nobody there. Sometimes uh, you can, uh, you have the plumber, you have the electrician, and you have the framers, our framers that are going in. A lot of them got sick because the other people were sick, so they just caught it. Now we have to tell our customers, we you have to wait. You have to wait, you know, a month. We'll be done with in the, for a month. They're on a deadline. We have to make up for a lot of this time. But it has affected us. The labor has affected us. It's hard to find good labor out there now. 
Okay. We're picking and choosing customers or or our old uh, uh, customers that we used to work for, our, our GCs that we used to work for, that we worked for years. We put them ahead of anything else that you have to with the labor shortage. I want to hear about the craziest customer you ever fired. Oh, my God. The craziest customer. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. This guy, multimillionaire in Palm Beach, gutted the house, the whole house. We went in. They asked us to frame the house, to do it all. We did it, Alan. The whole job, the way he wanted it, everything, what he wanted. He wanted special detailing, everything. At the end, when we were all done and the DT was done, he didn't like it. He did not. They're talking about millions he put into this house. He made us demo the job again. Wow. But he did not. He said, no, I'm not feeling it. Wow. And we're like, oh, my God. But he demoed again, and we redid it again. Can you believe that? At at your cost or his cost? His cost. His cost. Yeah, I would would think so. I mean, that's a... His he was taking that expense. Mind. He, he, you know, we did it to his what he wanted, and it wasn't as if he wasn't checking the steps as we were going. You know what I mean? Like, okay, we've done the framing. This is how it's going to look. We're doing the hanging. This is how it's going to look. We did a level five, which means a level five is a slick wall, beautiful. We did that for him. We did everything that he wanted us to do. So, what did was it that? Eat? What didn't he mm-hmm. like? Like, what was that? He wasn't feeling it. It's not that he didn't like it. He loved it. He wasn't feeling it. And this is before, obviously, this is before completion. It was just the, the drywall was up. It was kind of that shell. No, no, no. He was completed. There was cabinets in. Oh, wow. To have that money to tile, waste, right? <laughs> tile was in. Cabinets Ouch. were in. Everything was in. We didn't know because we, we finished our job and we completed. The house is not done, right? When we're, we're out of there, but you still have to put cabinets, faucets, everything has to go in after we're out. Okay. They brought us back in because they said he does not, he's, he's not failing the house. That's crazy. It's <laughs> a lot of money to, that's basically yeah. you're just throwing it away. And then the yeah, materials, right. the materials that were in the house, were those just thrown out or like the cabinets, did they reuse them or did you take them out and well, give them? To uh, s- I mean, you, you demo it. So if you, if somebody else, if whoever did it and they don't like, you know, he didn't like it, they pull it out and then maybe they can use it in another home. Right. We don't, we don't know. We don't know what they do with it. There was a a home up by my aunt's house in Stewart and a beautiful home. They just got done doing a lot of stuff to it, but they ended up selling it. And they ripped that house down. It was beautiful. It, the, the the kitchen and the cabinets and everything. And again, I don't know what they did with them either. But just to think of all yeah. that stuff that was in there, it's a two million dollar house. Yeah. All that stuff I mean, went this, in the dumpster. This, this is what they do. They they like even like right now you can walk in into a house and it's got everything is perfect. Everything is nice. The cabinets are nice. Everything they wanted all gutted. They wanted demoed. Doors. Everything. Everything. So, so I have a couple yeah. questions as far as like mm-hmm. the business goes. So you were, you've been doing this forty five years. You said we work with your husband. So mm-hmm. how how is that? Like you're in charge, you're the boss. We know that. Mm-hmm. But how is mm-hmm. that? The ups and downs of working with your husband. I worked with my ex husband. Awesome. It was rough for us, but <laughs> as she said, no, no. her ex husband. My ex husband. Yeah. Yeah. 
get along so good, like we do. I mean, we've been married 48 years. Nice. And and we get along so good. I mean, I, I cannot be sure not working with him. Good for you. That's awesome. 48 years of marriage. What yeah. An, what an accomplishment. I think that's yeah. awesome. And, and we get along so good. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, we have our little arguments, but it, it lasts like five minutes. You work it out. And then we forget. Yeah. And we forget what we were arguing about. <laughs> So, so, I don't know if you know this, but Tony's in another studio, and the faces that guy is making right now as you're saying all this. Yeah. Did, did you have any idea that we had him up here? No, because I'm seeing Tony. He's sitting right across me. Ah, okay. Alan's full of it. That's funny. Okay. So, I got another, I got another question. Okay. What is the craziest thing? Like, so when you've done a renovation. When you've done a renovation. What is the craziest thing that you have found behind the walls? Have you ever found anything in the walls while you're tearing stuff out? I from food. <laughs> food? Bones, bones, chicken bones. Uh, no, I think that, right? There's nothing really. Nothing crazy or off the wall? Nothing crazy, just food. You hear so people finding weird. old baseball cards, coins. Yeah, I money, would. jewelry. Money, jewelry, yeah. Sex toys. <laughs> We wouldn't be doing this business right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Found the, the hidden treasure behind somebody's hidden walls. Hidden treasure, yeah. No, it's just like Coke, you know, soda, soda cans, soda bottles, food, basically. That's about it. Trash. Never found yeah. Jimmy Hoffa. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, we never found Jimmy Hoffa. No body parts. <laughs> I, don't it, I don't think anybody has, right? You know, it's funny. Everybody says that stuff goes in the concrete, not drywall. So, yeah. Bottom of the ocean. Right? And concrete. Like you always hear people wearing concrete shoes. You never hear of anybody wearing drywall shoes, right? <laughs> no. Yeah, you don't drywall bodies, right? Because at some point that's coming through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, they do wear the, the steel boots, though. They have to wear that in case something, steel toe boots that they have to wear because, you know, in case something falls on them. And it's always the uh, scaffolding has to be secure because we've worked like 16, 20 feet up in the air. How did, how did Chinese drywall affect your business? Mm. None at all, thank goodness. We we had we had contractors that actually one of the suppliers he came and asked us if we wanted to invest back then in a shipment of of Chinese drywall coming in. For some reason God's always taking care of us. We said no. We said no. You know we don't want to have anything to do with that. And not knowing that years later, things were going to get really bad with the Chinese drywall. Wow. Yeah. Lawsuits everywhere. I mean, companies that, that we knew that our competition, you know, that were drywall companies, they went down. They made they made people not only rip up the drywall, but the pipes behind it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, they were black, Alan. They were black. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, that was how bad it was. And people were actually getting sick. The copper was black. I mean, it was it was bad. It was really bad. You could smell it. Huh. It, was, it smelled so bad. But the insurance companies, they got lawsuits left and right. I had a friend who was renting a townhouse up in Stewart, and they had to, they had to get out for months, and they had a lot of issues. Little girl was yeah. getting sick and stuff. Some people from the got sick from mm-hmm. this. Yeah. You know, and it was because of the Chinese drywall. But thank goodness that we did not get affected at all. I mean, we would not be in business right now. I wouldn't be talking to you right now. 
they would have probably sued us. Like people were, people got sued left and right. Yeah, drywall company. You do a lot yeah. of work for end users, homeowners, and you also do some work for GCs, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Correct. We do. We we do it all, Ellen. We take. There's no job too small or no job too big. So not all GCs are created equal. At some point, mm-hmm. there's a whole bunch of GCs that had bad reputations of oh, oh yes. pumping yes. business yeah, your way and then overloading you until the fact that they, uh, we're going to need to cut your rates and they had to do pay. some ugly things and they weren't paying. Yeah, we've, had, we've been burned. We've been burned a few times. But throughout the 45 years, we're, we're learning. You know, we learned who we can trust and who we can do business with. We won't go that far. This past week, Alan, I had, we did work for somebody in Atlantis. You know how we had done Jack Stern's house. He loved it, you know, he was very happy. Somebody else saw that we, what we did. They, they called us, the GC called us. So we went, did another house there in Atlantis and he refused to pay us. Really? We, yeah, we had to call the, the owner, the homeowner. And the homeowner was the one that paid us. Wow. She has yet the, the GC has yet to return our calls. Wow. Well, that's and a we beautiful told, thing about putting a lien on a property if you don't get paid, right? right? Oh yeah, yeah. Exactly. And we told them we said, you know, we're, we're gonna we had to put a notice to owner, which that's the first procedure you have to pay. And then if they don't pay you, you you follow with the lien. Mm-hmm. Right. And and um, that's what you know. We we threatened him with the lien, and he didn't care. I guess you know he had gotten his money. He got paid, so I guess he cheated the homeowner out of his money because I think he had already gotten paid for our trade. Oh wow! He didn't want to pay us, so good thing we got a hold of the owner, and he came down and he paid us. Wow, that's good. Yeah, and he said, "No, you guys did a wonderful job because I, I, you know, he says I." It's my fault because I hired this guy to do work for me, and he's not even returning my calls, and he's not done with the job. That sucks. Yeah. And that's been like even nowadays. I mean, this was a week ago we're talking about. Bad GCs out there that make the rest of us look bad. Yeah. The job you did on Jack's house is simply amazing. Yes. He's got a little house, small. Like a two-bedroom, <laughs> eleven thousand five hundred square foot, <laughs> yeah. one That's story. That's not a house. That's not a house. It's a hotel. <laughs> Sounds like. That's like a mini mansion. <laughs> I don't think there's anything mini about it. I was there for the, uh, I was there for the Super Bowl party in the in the theater room. This is impressive. Yeah. Yes. It's awesome. It's a beautiful house. Beautiful yeah. house. Well, and what's Jack amazing was is awesome to work with. He, he was he was amazing. He was easy to work with. He designed that from dirt up. What he did was simply amazing. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen the the, the ending product. You know, I saw it till we we do the drywall and all of that stuff. But I think Denise has seen a few pictures on Facebook. But uh, we we have not. I haven't seen it personally. I'll have to sneak you in there when we're uh, on our way over to uh, lunch. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. How would somebody reach you if they wanted to have some work done, get a quote, figure out how to fix up their house? How do they get to you? We, you just call the office. Call us on our office number. Tony is actually the one that goes and gives the prices out. He walks the house, and, and then, you know, he'll ask you for your prints. You know, you have uh, prints. He'll walk the house, and then he comes up with the price. And if you like the price, we start the job as soon as you're ready, as soon as the material is delivered. So what is your website or a phone number for people to reach out? 
phone number, the office number is 561-968-8669. Email is uh, Denise, D-E-N-I-S-E, at BoytonDrywall.com. Boynton Drywall. Boynton Drywall. And what your territory, do you cover all Palm Beach County? You're going into Dade, Broward, where are you going? Yes, Broward, Dade, Fort St. Lucie, Jupiter, Palm Beach County. Beautiful. We'll do it. We've established our business, and we love it. We love we love doing what, I, what we do, you know. And Tony is a person, he's not a perfectionist, but he likes Wants it done right. to be seen. Yes, and done right. He doesn't take cut corners or nothing like that so let me ask you as we wrap up doing this show wasn't as hard as you thought it would be was it it was not hard at all okay good we're so glad that you're here we wish you the best you do amazing work i've seen your finished product you guys are just simply awesome and we're so glad that we have you on thank you alan thank you for having me on thank you don congratulations on your 48 years i think that's awesome thank you Thank you. It's awesome. It's awesome. That's all I have to say because he, he is awesome. My husband is awesome. And he's not even hearing it. <laughs> oh, he'll hear it. Trust me, he'll hear it. You're going to play it over and over again for him. I know it and you know it. Okay. Thank you, Alan. Thank, Thank you. you so much for having me on. Good morning. This is Alan, Secret to My Success, and I get to be blessed with Dawn today. Dawn and I are working together. Good morning, Alan. Good morning. I'm happy to be here. I'm so happy you're here. In fact, I'm having so much fun doing these interviews with just the two of us. <laughs> just, it's good. Yeah, Louie and George might have worked themselves out of a job. Oh, I miss them, though. I do miss them. Only because you have bad aim? <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Only We actually have a really cool guest with us, Paul Rudder. R-U-T-T-E-R. And it's interesting. Paul Rudder works on cruise ships. Don't you think you spelled your name R-U-D-D-E-R? Uh-huh. Well, to be honest, to be honest with you, people think I—that's my stage name. They think I made it up. Uh, okay, excellent. So, Paul, let's talk. We called you let's the talk. Julie of the Pacific Princess. That you have done quite a bit of work as a global cruise director, and you've actually gotten to see the world. Is that true? That is that is correct. Yes, I've been uh, I've been involved in the cruise industry for 45 years. For the, I can't believe it's been that long. In the last 30 years, have been as cruise director in charge of onboard activities and entertainment. I've worked on on board some of the largest and most luxurious cruise ships in the world. I've heard before that if you had something interesting to talk about, some sort of consulting work, if you had something of value that the cruise lines would actually book you to give seminars on the cruise. Is that true? Um, we, uh, we've had people who have come on board and, and, and given talks on board. Is that what you're referring to? Correct. Speakers who come on board? Yes. 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 And, uh, before pre-pandemic, it was more popular. Now, since the pandemic, uh, that's not ramped itself up yet. And what type of speakers do they bring in? <clears throat> Oh, anything, uh, um, anything from lifestyle to enrichment to destinations to, you know, if, if a cruise is going to Alaska and we have an expert on the Alaskan ports of call, we'll bring in a speaker. And before each port of call, we'll talk about that. If we're over in Europe, we'll have a destination speaker over there as well. So uh, lots of different types of speakers. 
So actually, people could get a free cruise if they have something interesting they have to say. a good speech. <laughs> A good well, they need more. They need more than one good speech. They we usually have them on days at sea, and they're usually on longer cruises. So they need three to four good forty-five minute talks. Fantastic. There's so, a goal. No, <laughs> that is a goal. You you ready to do this? You ready to do this show from a ship? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we should Hell try. Yeah. So you have a really cool, interesting book, and I just have to make sure I don't butcher this name because we might get kicked off the air. You can't make this ship up. Correct. It kind of reminds me the of the keyword. The keyword being ship. Ship. It, it kind of reminds me of the Kmart commercials that they got in trouble for. Do you remember I those? I don't remember those. I don't remember. No, I don't either. Don't. Uh, bunch of people saying, "I ship my pants." No. <laughs> that no. kind of thing. It was kind of kind of cute. But let's <laughs> talk about your book. <laughs> Let's talk about my book. It just came out a couple of days ago. It's on Amazon. It was uh, number one in a few categories, cruise travel and hospitality and tourism. So I'm very proud of that. Tell us about your book. So it's about uh, the, the subtitle is Business Strategies, Life Lessons, and True Stories from 40 Years at Sea. And so I talk about some of the crazy things that happen on board and what land-based businesses can learn from them. So the one... The one area where I think the cruise industry is very unique is that we actually live with our customers 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I don't know if you two have taken a cruise, but on a cruise, obviously, our passengers are on board living with the crew. And so what if land-based businesses, and this is the first question I ask when I speak to land-based businesses, what if land-based businesses had to live with their customers? How would they treat them differently? Would they return phone calls a little quicker? Would they answer emails? Would they do what they promised that they would do in their literature? So living with your customers is extremely unique, and you have to have a certain set of policies and principles in place in order to meet that very unique dynamic. Right. And if you add to that the fact that you live with your coworkers 24 hours a day, seven days a week, the person you just worked eight hours with, when you go back to your cabin, that person could be your roommate or that person could live right next door to you. So what sort of employee engagements, what sort of culture have you created so that your employees are engaged and are a part of the solution instead of being part of the problem? And so it's a very unique dynamic uh, having to live with your customers and live with your coworkers. So tell us a little bit more about your role as a speaker, a trainer, an author, <clears throat> and the things that you help small businesses or people that are transitioning into their own business. Tell us some of the things that you think would be of value. Okay. Well, the main thing is if there's anything that we have learned from this pandemic, excuse me while I just clear my throat for a second. If there is anything that we have learned from this pandemic, it's that new businesses, small businesses, small businesses cannot compete on price alone. There is always somebody down the street or a click away who is a cheaper price. So you can't compete on price anymore. You have to compete on service and you have to compete on the customer experience. Mm -hmm. And that's what we do on board our ships. We do, we're not in the cruise industry. We're not in the hospitality industry. We're in the business of creating memories. People buy on emotion. And if those emotions are good and if those memories are good, then those customers will come back to you over and over again. And that's what businesses should be trying to do is create those memories 
that create warm, fuzzy feelings. Even if you're a dry cleaner or a flower shop or an automotive dealership, you need to start creating wonderful memories so that your customers can tell their friends, their family, their neighbors. Mm -hmm. That's how you get repeat business. And that is what it's coming down to. Cust uh, companies have to keep the customers they already have. You've worked so hard to get your customers. You now need to keep those customers uh, coming back over and over. Studies have shown that once you develop a relationship and trust with a customer, every time they come back, they'll spend a little bit more money each time they come back to your business. And so businesses need to create repeat business. You need to create exceptional experiences that exceed expectations, and that's what creates those memories. Yeah, it's building those relationships, like you said, so people will come back, and then they'll tell their friends, and uh, it, it just kind of goes from there. And they have to, once you build that relationship and, and you, you form a, that camaraderie, then they care, and they know that you care, and that's what most people want. In any business that you go into and on the cruise ships, creating those memories and um, – yeah, building those relationships. What a great point. Yeah, it's, it's all about trust. It takes a long time to build up that trust. It takes seconds to destroy it. So you right. have to make sure everybody is on the same page. But once you start building trust, customers are very forgiving. If there's a problem with your product or your service, if you fix it right the first time, customers will forgive you. They'll even spend more money with you because now they know that if there is a problem, you're going to take care of it, and you're not going to go run and hide. So it's a good thing if there's a problem, and if your customers are, I don't want to use the word complain, but if your customers are telling you that there's a problem, you need to listen. They're giving you free advice, and most customers won't tell you if there's a problem. They'll just walk away to your competition. Right, and then they'll, tell, yeah, it, then they'll tell their friends, and they'll complain. But, yeah, just the listening, I know people will – they, they appreciate that, to know that they're being heard and you're going to address, or whoever, you know, the business is, you're going to address that issue that they're presenting to you. If I go into a restaurant and the service is bad, I'm not doing it because I want a free meal, but I'm going to go tell the manager that, look, most people slide away in the middle of the night, never to be heard from, never to come back. So you're right. If you don't listen and fix the issues, customers leave. You'll never know why. They'll mm -hmm. just slowly disappear. And I've said this many, many times that when people get to the internet to complain, it's because they didn't think you listened to them when you complained to them, that you didn't resolve it, you didn't fix it. And the only way they could let themselves feel better is to go on the internet and make you miserable. Start right. So we don't have a, a lot of time left. And I know, um, Paul, you said you had some points, some other points that you wanted to make. Were you able to share all those with us or... I want to give you well, the opportunity the, to, to share those with us. Yeah, the, the, the main thing is, is creating memories. That's what we do on board, and that's what businesses need to do on land because people buy on emotion, um, and, and the service, it's not just about customer service. It's about the customer experience, meaning my relationship with a business starts the moment I'm thinking about doing business. So. How easy is it to navigate your website? Do you have contact information on every page? Do you make it easy for me to communicate with you as a business, either through email or phone or chat or bots or whatever? How easy, how easy are you making it for me to do business with you? 
And so that's what people are looking for. We're all stressed out. We've all been through a pandemic. We don't have a lot of time. Our nerves are frayed. Just make it easy for me to do business with you, and I will be extremely loyal. And we found that out on the cruise ships, and we're finding that out on land. I mean, I just had a problem the other day where my insurance company was not returning my phone calls, and it turned out that their phone system was new and it wasn't working properly. Well, I just got on with the the owner and said, listen, I'm just telling you this to, to let you know I've left a few messages. Nobody's calling me back. And she was so thankful for me to tell her that she didn't realize there was a problem with the phone system. Right. So uh, when customers uh, tell you about problems, you need to listen. I think it was Bill Gates who said a complaining customer is your best resource. Because you don't so, know uh, if they don't share that with you, that information. It's, I mean, that's an, a missed opportunity to grow and to, to fix yep. What's the yeah, easiest, only, lowest hanging fruit that you could give to a new business owner for them to start the process of making an experience positive for their customers? 101. Um, um, uh, attitude. Good attitude. Attitude, attitude is everything. Attitude is everything. <laughs> That's my Excellent. Fact. I love that. So um, how can our listeners find you, Paul? Like they can uh, purchase your book. How do I buy your book? book? How do we get book your book? And, right. and if we wanted you to speak. Well, first of all, thank you for that. Um, This is actually my second book. Uh, My first book is called Repeat Business, Inc., The Business of Staying in Business. It's all about how to keep loyalty and customers. That's on Amazon. Uh, And this other book, You Can't Make This Ship Up, just came out uh, two days ago. Uh, It's also on Amazon, but this one is also being distributed everywhere, Barnes & Noble, you know, Walmart.com, Target.com, wherever fine books are sold. Um, they can also order it from my website, which is paulrutterspeaks.com. Uh, and you can get all information there. I have over 90 blogs on my website for new business owners, um, all about customer experience, customer service, uh, marketing, things like that. So I have a lot of blogs on there that are timely. Uh, and they can just check out there. I'm on Facebook at Paul Rutter Speaks. I'm on LinkedIn. I, I really use LinkedIn a lot. Uh, uh, Twitter, Real Paul Rudder, Instagram, all of that you can find on my website, which is paulruddersspeaks.com. Okay. Well, that's great, Paul. We appreciate you being here today. So the next time we want to be on a cruise giving valuable information, (laughs) I'm just going to reach out to you directly and see if you can get us hooked. That's it. You got my number. No problem. (laughs) Thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate your valuable information and all the insight and the advice that you have for people that are thinking about doing this on their own. Attitude is everything. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Secret to My Success on Legends 100.3.